Let me just mention, uh, I have two sheets that I've given the gra graduates. Uh, one says, uh, graduates seek the Lord's scriptures. And uh, the other one is Weiler's 12 Commandments for Graduates. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of interesting the week we had. And so, graduates, we are sending you out into the world that seems somewhat erratic, filled with unhappiness, anger, discrimination, lust, greed, and disrespect for the authority. That's the bad news. The good news is that it describes when I graduated. 1968, we saw people, uh, the, the uh, guards were in front of, uh, on our street. Nobody could go out for two or three days. There were riots. There was all sorts of craziness. There was lack of respect. And people were angry and unhappy. You know, it was the Vietnam War time. It was racial unrest. And so the National Guard was called out. I was living in Baltimore at that time. Yes, sir. Yeah, later. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things I can tell you is we tend to think that we're living in this time that is just, it's never going to get better. So again, there's good news and bad news. The good news is that it gets better. The bad news is we forget. We forget what caused us to be angry. We forget what caused us to have this, this, uh, this righteous anger. And so I have four points for our graduates. Number one, and we could have the slide, God's first. Number two, God's first. <laughs> number three, God's first. And number four, God's first. All right. I saw the following on a Facebook page written by a strong millennial believer in another city. Some of you will know when I read it who I'm speaking of. A wonderful person. And I'm going to start with her post. So now you know it's a gal. And um, it said this. What if it were me? What if... It were me in that video where a police officer was putting his knee on my neck. What if it were me, not a generic me, but your friend, your fellow choir member, your coworker, your fellow ministry leader, your fellow congre uh, congregational worshiper, your friend? It's easy to dismiss the acts of rioters when it's not someone you know or care about. It's easy 
to talk about how much we've progressed as a society. It's easy to talk about the injustices you and your ethnicity face, but let me ask you something. If it were me, would you riot? Would you demand justice? Would you do all you could to comfort my mom and my family? Would you make sure this didn't happen to anyone again, ever? Would you be angry enough to go to the streets to Washington, go to the, the powers that be and demand justice? Bad things happen when good people say nothing. And if you're wondering why are people so angry, ask yourself, what if it was me, your best friend? I hope that if you call yourself my friend that you would be angry. I'm asking all of you who are not sure what role you play here to please speak up for the black community that has been screaming for justice since the first Africans were brought here in chains. Do not be silent. So I think that this post, which some things I agree with, some things I'm not so much in agreement with or the, the idea behind it, but. Um, I think it asks an unintended question and that we have to answer every day of our life. If we choose not to answer this question or not to ask this question, we will automatically defer to the wrong answer. So what's the question? Is God going to be first in your life today? Is God first? Thank you. So you either choose God or you choose yourself. Is one of those two? Oh, we have another one. Okay. You know, they say the kids will lead us. So th this is, I'm just telling you. Um, so for those of us who are followers followers of Yeshua, we know the right answer. Obviously, it's God first. The question is, are we living it? Do we put God first? So answering some of those questions are really not that hard. Um, you know, would you riot? Of course not. It's, it's not God's way. Would you say it's okay for others to riot? Of course not. Would you demand justice? Absolutely. Micah 6.8 says, that, what, um, that God is requiring from us what is good and, what, uh, and, and only to practice justice, to, to love mercy and kindness and to walk humbly with our God. So would you comfort the family? Obviously, we would, sure. Would you make sure this never happened again? How? How? I mean, yeah, if I knew how. I don't want it to happen again. Would you be angry enough to take to the streets, go to the White House, go to the powers and demand justice? Yes, if I thought it would help. Absolutely. Who is, so the question is who here is really upset by what happened? Are you upset enough to sacrifice your time and real effort? Most of the situation is that we don't do things because we're too busy or we have other priorities. Will you pray 
for justice, compassion, unity. Graduates, you have the same thing to figure out as all of us. Will you be problem solvers or complainers? Just gets me so... My, my, sorry, dear. I'm going to throw you under the bus now. Um, my wife, I come home and she says, look at all these things that are happening, and this is what this guy said, and this is what this guy said. And I say, oh, please. Let's just do something. Let's just do something. The first step in solving a problem as big as this one, or really any problem, is that you have to make God first. So Matthew 6.33 gives us a hint as to how to do that. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Well, how do you seek God first and the kingdom first? Well, you spend time with God. You spend time in prayer. You spend time in reading his word. There's a reason that his word will be there forever. Because it's for us to really understand and to deal with and to apply into our lives. Secondly, we will listen for his voice. Third, we have to figure out if it's his voice or somebody else's voice. Uh, so we find that out if it, it agrees with scripture. And also, if we have a friend who we trust who is spiritual and, and, and really hears from God themselves, and, and so we're going to run it by them and say, is this God or is this something else? Fourth, we'll do what he desires. And we want to know what God wants to have happen out of tragedy, and in fact, this tragedy. And number five, be an example. If you're going to do something representing God, make sure that your motives, your thoughts, your actions, and your speech represent the God you serve. First Timothy 4.12, let no one look down on your youthfulness, but be an example of the faithful in speech, conduct, in love, in faithfulness, and in purity. As graduates, are you ready to make a difference? By the way, it's obviously not just for graduates. You've got to put God first. I know that I feel like this week really did bring me back those 50-some-odd years. Because at that time, I was a pretty strong, not crazy activist, but I was certainly an activist. And there are many things that I've done in my life that have caused me hardship, but I've been glad that I've done them because I felt that they were things that God asked me to do, and I won't go through them right now. But I do want to point out some people in Scripture. Peter as we know, we talked about it last week, he stepped out of the boat. He was not ready to serve God, but God trained him up, and his first message, 3,000 Jewish people got to know Yeshua as their Messiah. 
This was a result of him putting God first. In Daniel, Daniel gave probably the most amazing prophecy in the Bible, certainly one of the most, if not the most, when he documented in God's word when Yeshua would come. And had our people really focused on that word, they would have recognized Yeshua. He put God first. Before that prophecy, as, as uh, Eric was talking about, he repented. He repented for himself and for all Israel. In chapter 9, verse 3, it says, So I set my face to the Lord God to seek him by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. I pray to Adonai, my God, and confess, saying, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and mercy with those who love him and keep his mitzvot, we have sinned. We have committed iniquity. We have acted wickedly. We have rebelled. We've turned away from our, your mitzvot and your rulings. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our leaders, and our fathers, and to all the people in the land. Daniel put God first in his life. Maybe before we make decisions, we too should repent for ourselves and those around us. Before Yeshua went throughout the land and healed people and performed amazing miracles, he humbled himself by being immersed by John. In Matthew 3.16, after being immersed, Yeshua rose up out of the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Ruach Elohim descending like a dove and coming upon him. And behold, a voice from the heavens said, This is my Son whom I love and with whom I am well pleased. This would be an obvious time to start his ministry. God had spoken. The people around heard. They knew that this would, this would have been the perfect time. But then we read in the next verse, in chapter 4, verse 1, Yeshua was led by the Ruach into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil after he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. He was hungry. Um, right. I guess so. And he also was tested by Hasatan. And... He didn't start his ministry after he was immersed. His father came first. And his, Yeshua was led by the Spirit, forced, uh, not forced by the, the Spirit. And so he put God first. How do you make this a reality? How do you make this a re reality in your life? Well, you start with what I call almost the simplest scripture in the Bible. The one that you learn first when you are doing Bible memory verses. The one that you could probably say in your sleep. But the one that is so hard to apply into our lives. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in Adonai with all your heart. Just stop there. With all your heart. What does it mean to give God all your heart? 
I mean, that's a lot to give. With all your heart, everything that you have in you, you are going to trust God. And then it says, lean not on your own understanding. Well, what's the use of all my experiences and my 70 years of growing and, and, and learning? And, and Because most of what I've learned is from the world, and God wants me to learn from him. And there's a lot more of the world, it seems, in most of us than in, there is of him in us. And so it says, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Okay, so how many this week spoke to somebody and didn't acknowledge God? Don't raise your hands, please. <laughs> all of us. All of us. And, and so the simple scripture convicts us, convicts us in all your ways, acknowledge him, and then he'll make your path straight. He'll direct your path. So I believe that we need to be, and I've said this for a while now, we need to be more intense with our relationship with God. Now, I honestly do not know how to get you from the point, yes, that was such a sweet, nice message. Oh, Rabbi, we really liked it. <laughs> to the point where you say, yes, I'm going to do this. I'm going to put God first. I don't know how to get you from that point to that point. God requires our participation. He requires it. And so graduates, I just ask you to decide today to put God first. Put God first. There are a lot of good things that we can do in this world, but God makes all of them better. We can be seen from, by other people as being good, but they don't know what we're thinking, and they don't know our heart. We need to purify ourselves daily we have to seek God daily because the day we don't seek God, we will receive a message from someone else because the enemy, Hasatan, will see an opening and go for it. So I'm challenging you, graduates, and me, and everybody else who hears my voice, to put God first. First when you get up, first before you go to sleep, and first that time in between.
God is saying, seek his kingdom and his righteousness and everything else will be added to you.